Attention SLPs and OTs with existing private practices. Are you ready to level up your private practice and your life and make this your breakthrough year? If so, join us for Make More in 2024, a free training offered on Thursday, March 21st at 8 p.m. Eastern to discover how to shift from clinician to CEO. During the training, we'll talk about the importance of maximizing your income, adding revenue streams, setting up systems, and more so that you can ultimately work smarter and build a successful, sustainable, and sellable business. To sign up, just visit growyourprivatepractice.com backslash training. Don't miss the chance to learn how to effectively navigate the growth phase of the private practice journey. See you on the training. Katie Brown is an adult-focused private practitioner based in Buffalo, New York, who just celebrated her two-year anniversary in private practice. And she's also an alum and now a mentor for the Start Your Private Practice program. So if you're interested in working with adults, or you just want to learn from a fairly new SLP who built a specialty practice to full-time within six months so that she could work with ideal clients and spend more time with her family, this episode is perfect for you. So stay tuned. I'm Jenna Castro-Casbon, speech-language pathologist, business coach, and creator of the Start Your Private Practice system. And I'm on a mission to turn stuck SLPs into successful private practitioners. If you're tired of dealing with high productivity requirements, high caseload sizes, and low pay, it's time to take control of your professional, personal, and financial life and finally get the freedom, flexibility, and financial abundance that you deserve by working with private clients in your own practice. Join me here each week as I share tips, best practices, and inspirational interviews on the Private Practice Success Stories podcast. If you're a private practitioner or one in the making, you're in the right place, so let's get started. One of the things that I love about private practice is how it allows you to take control of your professional, personal, and financial life. And today's guest is a great example of someone who has done just that. No matter which setting you work in, chances are you aren't in full control over how you treat your clients. And because most of us chose the field of speech-language pathology because we wanted to help people, then we're surprised and frustrated at how many limitations there are on us doing just that in most traditional SLP settings. Another thing that most SLPs don't have control over is their schedule. That's a common reason why people choose our field, you know, air quotes, for the flexible schedule, only to realize that other than maybe EI, most traditional SLP jobs don't have flexible schedules. Quite the opposite. It can be hard to take time off, especially if you work in hospitals. And if you work in the schools, you may get out earlier in the day, but there's often a lot of work to complete at home either on evenings or during the weekend. And financially, well, SLPs usually get paid a decent salary at first, but then tend to get stuck. Not a lot of upward mobility, minimal raises, and bonuses? Forget it. It's just not something that most employers give people in our professions, which is frustrating when it's a regular part of many other professions. So what do you do? 
What do you do if you want more control over your professional, personal, and financial life? Honestly, start a private practice. It's the only way to get full control over your caseload, your schedule, and your life. The interview that you're about to hear with Katie Brown is about what happens when SLPs decide that they've had it in traditional settings and want to work outside of the box. Katie is an adult neuro SLP. So if you want to work with adults, pay attention as Katie talks about her experience and how she built her practice quickly. She also talks a lot about marketing and how she finds adult clients using some pretty innovative strategies. We'll talk about this during the interview, but Katie is a mentor for the Start Your Private Practice program. First, she was a star student who was added to our lineup of mentors specifically to support SLPs who are starting adult-focused practices. If you have questions about the Start Your Private Practice program, make sure to reach out to Katie directly on Instagram. Her handle is at Solutions. Send her a DM and she's happy to share her experience in the program and answer any questions that you might have. Katie is a great example of what's possible when you decide that you've had enough working in institutions with values that don't align with your own. And also, when you decide that you want to create a business that supports your life so that you can build in time with your kids and your family and work from home, even post-pandemic. So basically, I think that you're going to love hearing Katie's story. So let's do it. So before we dive in, can you please share your name, your location, and the name of your private practice? Of course. So my name is Katie Brown. I live in Buffalo, New York, and my practice is called NeuroSpeech Solutions. And we are so lucky to have you on the podcast today. It has been such a pleasure. Katie joined my program over two years ago, and I've been watching her grow her private practice. And I'm so proud of what you've done working with adults and you're just incredible. And now you're a mentor for the program, which is super cool. Um, But before we dive into that part, can you take us back to the beginning of your career as an SLP? What were things like in the early days of Katie, the SLP? So the early days of Katie, the SLP, I worked for a contract company. So I was kind of all over the place, which was, which was good because I was able to get experience in a lot of different settings. So I worked in several skilled nursing facilities. I did home health. Uh, I did a little bit of acute care as well and outpatient too. So I really was able to see a lot of different populations across the continuum of care, which, which I feel like was an asset as far as learning, uh, you know, in my early days as a speech pathologist. Well, I love that, right? Because you checked a whole bunch of boxes. You got to see what different settings had to offer, right? And then at some point, you started thinking about private practice. How did that thought start to enter your head? And what did you do about it? So I knew from when I was in grad school that I wanted to start a private practice. I've always wanted to be my own boss. That was just something that I always thought I would love to do. Um, but I didn't think it would be as early in my career as it actually ended up being. I thought that, you know, it would be 10 years down the road, something like that. And it turned out to be only three years in. Uh, three years in, I kind of hit a tipping point with my current job and I wasn't very happy. I was more of a generalist and I wanted to be a specialist. There were, you know, instances in my in my life that made me 
pursue private practice. And I'm, and I'm very happy that I did because, you know, I'm two years down the road now and uh, I'm happier than I've ever been professionally and personally. So, so yeah, so private practice was always in my mind. Uh, and, you know, so, th- so it wasn't uh, necessarily an aha moment. Yeah. I love that. Well, and that's true for some people, right? There's some people who are like, this is what I've been wanting to do. There's other people who never thought they'd do private practice. Or you said something really important, which is that you got started a lot earlier in your career than you wanted to. That's something I feel like SLPs have this idea that you have to wait until you have, you know, 15 or 20 years or more of experience and that you've checked like a thousand boxes. But tell people like, what was it like to start a private practice earlier in your career? So starting a private practice earlier in my career was very nerve wracking. I had a lot of, you know, that classic imposter syndrome that I'm sure we all have, no matter how many years of experience you have. Um, You know, I, I felt, am I, you know, I'm not a businesswoman. (laughs) How am I supposed to start a business? I'm just a clinician, but you work through it. You, you learn things you can learn on the job and things that you don't know as well. You can outsource to other people. Right. I mean, I don't I don't know how to do bookkeeping and accounting. So I got an accountant, you know, and, and you know, there were some other things that I learned how to do. I learned how to make my own website, which was which was fantastic. It's it's eye opening and you can you can learn a lot of different things when you're a private practitioner. You're not just a clinician. You add a bunch of different hats to totally. your job. Well, and you talked about your website, which I want to talk about. And just can you actually tell people the link to it real quick so they can go check it out? Sure. Yeah. So it's neurospeechsolutions.com. I kind of have two different aspects of my website. One is my private practice. Another is a source for speech pathologist. So if you want to get to the to the link for speech pathologist that has resources and uh, blogs, all of those types of things, you can go to neurospeechsolutions.com slash S-L-P-S. Perfect. I love that. So we're also going to talk about marketing in a couple of minutes, because that's something that I have loved watching you, how you market specifically for adults. What did that transition look like from when you're like, okay, I'm ready to start my private practice to when you actually started like getting going with clients? Sure. So it was a lot of just kind of seeing what worked. (laughs) So my first, my first thing that I tried was marketing directly to physicians. Um, and I quickly learned that that was a waste of my time early on. Um, a lot of the times the physicians don't actually answer you call. It doesn't, it doesn't work. Um, you know, they, they kind of have their ins, at least in my area, this might not be true for everyone, but at least in my area, they have their ins with their own, within their own company or their groups. And they refer in a lot. So that wasn't very successful for me. So what I did was I kind of pivoted and I started with other rehab professionals, which was very successful. And that is anyone that is an adult private practitioner, I would always recommend, you know, don't start with the physicians, go to the physicians a little bit later on, start with other rehab professionals. So look for the PT and OT groups that don't have speech pathology because they're probably looking for someone to refer out to. Talk to other speech pathologists in different settings. 
home health is the obvious one, right? Because outpatient is the next uh, step in care. So find some other home health speech pathologists uh, to to speak about with your private practice. Also, uh, you know, acute care. So you can get um, people who come in for modified barium swallow studies, and they might refer out for for um, outpatient therapy. So that's that's a useful thing as well. But just in general, talking about your private practice is something that is so important. I met a speech pathologist. I met her once. I told her about my private practice. And almost two years later, I got a call from a referral coordinator from a local hospital saying, oh, so-and-so um, told me about you and uh, we have a patient for you. <laughs> and I hadn't spoken to her in like a year and a half. And that's just to, to show you that you can plant those seeds, right? And, the, you know, they could turn around a couple of years later. You never know. Totally. And I think you have to be open to that. That's one of the things I think that SLPs also kind of get nervous about is, is talking about their private practice because people get worried like, oh, well, I don't want to be pushy. Or I don't want to, you know, be salesy or something like that. So you definitely don't strike me as any kind of a pushy person, right? So, so do you do you ever feel that way, or do you feel do you have a different take on spreading the word about your practice? I yeah. So I you you hit the nail on the head. I am not a pushy person at all. I'm a very passive person. I'm introverted. So it was a struggle to get used to talking about myself and about my private practice because. It just it was just uncomfortable for me, but you get used to it. And and also I switched my mindset and I realized that, okay, the people that I'm talking to are interested in my services. I can help them. I can help them serve their patients better, or I can help them directly by treating them. So, you know, when I go into support groups, I will talk about how speech therapy can help you. And then at the end, I say, you know, and I have a private practice, I can come into your home. And if you feel like any anything that I just listed is relevant to you, you know, I always recommend doing speech therapy. Here's my card if you're interested, right? And just leaving it like that. And it's definitely something that you get used to. I'm not going to lie. I may have looked in the mirror many times and said, you know, hi, I'm Katie. I have a private practice. And that was helpful as as silly as it sounds, but it, it was definitely very helpful. Yeah. And I think that that confidence comes from doing it, right? Like the first time you go to a support group, either on person or virtually, or the first time you meet with a doctor or, you know, call up an old friend from grad school, you're going to be a little bit nervous about that. But like, that's how word spreads about your practice, right? Everybody wants word of mouth marketing, but in order to get that word of mouth, you A, like have to talk about it. Yeah. And B, like you have to be doing something in your practice that is worth talking about. So tell our listeners, you know, what is, what is your private practice like? So I made my private practice to fit my needs. I have two young kids and I want to be around and be present for them. So I have flexible hours. I work, well, (laughs) I have a nine month old that does not sleep through the night. So I do not start my day until at least 9 a.m. If I can push it to 10 a.m., I'm pushing it to 10 (laughs) a.m. depending on how how big my caseload is but you know I have that luxury because I have a private practice you know but I specialize in seeing adults with neurogenic disorders 
specifically cognition and communication. So aphasia, cognitive communication disorders, um, people with Parkinson's disease, dementia. I do swallowing as well, but that's not necessarily my specialty. And um, I see both teletherapy and in person. So I have my teletherapy days and I have my in-person days where I'm driving around uh, going to patients' homes. I really like that model because I like the accessibility of the services because a lot of the individuals that I see are reliant on other people for transportation. And I remember from my outpatient days just feeling sick, watching people sit for like two hours waiting for public transportation or, you know, some taxi to come and come and get them. And uh, I, it's been a big selling point for me as well to, hey, I come to your house. Yeah. And one of the things that I, in previous conversations, I know that you're, you know, big on using evidence-based practice and making sure that clients are getting exactly what they need. And I remember you saying that that was something that you felt was really lacking in the previous settings that you were working in was, was sometimes your employers not, you know, wanting you to do things that maybe you didn't feel comfortable doing or whatnot. So how has that also informed how you practice in your own practice? Sure. So my ethical standards are very high, like I'm sure everyone's are. And, um, you know, I make sure that if I'm not comfortable treating something, I refer on, you know, there are other private practitioners in my area and we refer patients to each other back and forth, which is, which is great because we have this like small little community. And instead of feeling like we're competitors, we're actually more friends. I actually, this morning, saw that another private practitioner in my area just posted that she is, she quit her job and she's going full time. And I immediately messaged her and said, congratulations. I'm so excited for you. You know, if you want to, um, you know, let me know if you need anything, right? Because having that community is, is so much more important than having, feeling like there's competition. Yeah. That's really part of what I call the new way of having a private practice. I feel like the old way is more of that scarcity mindset and that there's not enough clients to go around and you got to keep people on wait lists for forever. And like, that's, I think the old way that people used to do it. The new way that most people are doing it is to be making those connections. Just like you said, Katie, like making connections with other people who can become referral sources for you because there are enough clients to go around and especially being an adult neuro practice, there, you know, like baby boomers, there's just going to be a lot of people. <laughs> it's only growing. I know. And then with COVID too, um, you know, the neurological issues that are arising from there and even swallowing and voice from intubation and being on a ventilator, those are all, it's just growing. You know, there are plenty of people that need services. Yeah. And I think one of the things that I hear sometimes in our in our group and online is sometimes people say like, oh, well, but isn't it harder to have an adult practice versus a pediatric practice? So what would you say to people who might be listening, who might be currently having that mindset? Sure. So, you know, there are differences, but I don't think that those should be a deterrent to starting your private practice. I don't think that it's necessarily harder. You just need to take that extra step because uh, the if you're going to see adults that are Medicare aged eligible, so 65 plus, uh, you need to be credentialed with Medicare. And that's the extra step that you have to take. So 
making that as like a big roadblock of, oh, I'm not going to start my private practice because, you know, oh, these pediatric private practitioners have it so much easier. I'd say that's false. And that's kind of one of those limiting beliefs of deterring you from starting your private practice. And personally, I don't think that it's very valid. Um, So anyone that's feeling like I can't start my private practice because I want to focus on only adults, I would say you can absolutely start an only adult focused private practice. Yeah. And there are less of those out there, right? So one of the things that pediatric clinicians have, you know, going, there's just a little bit more competition. There's more people who are starting pediatric private practices and there's still, there are plenty of clients to go around, like, don't get me wrong. Right. But there are less adult focused practices, right? So you really have an opportunity to be kind of like a big fish in a smaller ocean. And even if there's some other fish in the ocean to continue the analogy, like the person that Katie mentioned earlier, there are still lots of people who need our help, right? So, you know, if you're, if you're listening and you're thinking that you're, you know, not super happy at your current position and you really want to have more flexibility, like Katie mentioned, and just, you know, more opportunity to, to work with people, maybe even in their homes or give them exactly what they need from an evidence-based practice ethical point of view, I think this is kind of a great way to go. Absolutely. And, you know, and I, so I've, I've had my private practice for two years. I have seen one pediatric client and I'm using air quotes here that none of you can see, but um, my pediatric client was a 17 year old post-concussion. So still within my wheelhouse of uh, neurologic deficits and she was going off to college and, um, you know, still, still, that's why I said air quotes with pediatric. So for two years, I have seen only adult clients and I have been full-time pursuing my private practice individually for a year and a half of that. Yeah. So that also means if, if y'all do a little bit of math, that means that Katie was able to get up and running pretty quickly, right? So from the time you started your private practice, it took you about six months then yes. to, to get to full-time, which is awesome. So what are like some next steps for you? What do you see with your private practice in terms of either growth or still keeping it manageable with your young kids? You know, like, what do you want to do in this kind of next season of your life? Yeah. So I, so I'm first off, always want to treat. Um, My goal is not to be like the figurehead of, of the company and have, you know, a bunch of speech pathologists under me. I, Treating patients is just something that makes me so happy. And I can't imagine not having that be a portion of my job, even if it's just a couple days a week. Um, But, you know, I hired another speech pathologist about four months ago, uh, and I'm hoping to hire again in the fall. Uh, You know, I'm just I'm growing and I have other ventures outside of my private practice that I need time for, like being a mentor in the Start Your Private Practice system. So I I need to free up some time for that. So my ideal would be treating two, three days a week and then having those couple other days to work on things outside of my private practice. So to do that, I need to hire because the clients that are coming in need someone to see them. Um, so my, my goal is to continue to hire. I would love to get a, you know, two, three speech pathologists that work for, for my company and possibly a brick and mortar. But again, I imagine that I'll always kind of have a hybrid approach because I love the accessibility aspect for people that can't make it 
into the home that can't make it into the you know the classic outpatient brick and mortar building i love treating people in their homes it's incredibly helpful for making things personally relevant functional and person centered to be able to just be in their environment and treat that way so i would say long term goals are higher possibly brick and mortar and also open myself up to some other opportunities yeah. Well, I what I love about what you just said is that you truly have designed a private practice that works for your life and also works for your patients, right? Because I can tell that you're very mindful of making things work for people, right? But yourself included. And so that's one of the things I feel like I hear from so many SLPs who are dealing with burnout and are just feeling like they're completely overworked, overtired, and like they're not making a difference in people's lives. You know, here, here you have totally made a difference, not only in the lives of your patients, who I know that you care very much about, but also for the life of your family and your two sons and your husband. Like you now have more time to spend with those people who you, you care about really the most. Yes. Yes. It's, it's wonderful. And there's no other job. There is no other job that I would have been able to do this with. Yeah. So I made, I made the job that fit for my life. <laughs> I love that. So if there's anyone who's listening, like, do you have any final pieces of advice as someone who's now been doing this for two years, very successfully, you know, what would you say to someone who is kind of just getting started and kind of thinking about doing this, but maybe having some of those like hesitations and whatnot? Sure. So I would say find a mentor. Um, so find someone that, I mean, you don't have to reinvent the wheel, right? There are plenty of other people that have started private practices and it's great to be able to pick their brain and, and talk to them and see the steps that they took that helped them to be successful. I have been very lucky to have several mentors in my journey, you included. Um, and I'm very grateful for you, Jenna. You're absolutely amazing. Um, but yeah, so I would say find a mentor. There's, you know, even if it's does, it doesn't even need to be a speech pathologist. It could be a small business association in your city. It can be, um, you know, another related private practice, you know, mental health, right? I mean, they're still within healthcare starting their own business. So I would say find someone that you connect with and that you can bounce ideas off of and make you feel a little bit more confident doing the steps along the way. Yeah, I totally love that. I, I mean, mentorship has been really, really important for me. And, you know, it's because it was so important to me early in my career. And I totally recognize that like, not everybody has that. Not everybody has access to mentorship, right? And so that's one of the reasons why I added this mentor system to, to my program, right? So not only do people get the content in, you know, the comprehensive videos and modules and that kind of thing, but I literally have hired five SLPs who are in the group and answering questions. And, and Katie is one of them, right? So for those of you who are listening, you know, Katie has been brought on specifically for people to be able to ask questions about like that are adult specific, right? Because again, we recognize that not everybody has somebody to ask those questions for. So Katie, if people have questions about the program and maybe want to reach out to you directly, what is the best way for them to do that? Sure. So I'm really active on Instagram. My handle is at NeuroSpeechSolutions. You can always send me a direct message there. Email would work as well. So it's just kbrown at NeuroSpeechSolutions.com. I'm always happy to answer anyone's questions. 
I have found so much value in mentorship. So I'm always happy to give back and answer questions. Oh, you're absolutely the best. Thank you so much for taking the time to do this interview and really inspiring folks, especially who are interested in working with adults, that not only is it possible, but it is very possible to have your own private practice, even if you have little kids, even if you live in an area where there's other practitioners, right? Like all of those even ifs, right? Like Katie has been able to do that. So thank you for being a shining example of showing people what's possible. Thank you. Thank you for having me on. I love talking about private practice. (laughs) Well, we'll have you on again. Okay, great. (laughs) Perfect. Thanks, Katie. Thank you. So how much do you love Katie? I love her so much that I offered her a position in my company because she was such a great example of an adult-focused private practitioner who did the work, built the client base, and built a very successful private practice on her own terms. Now, she started off just like you, a regular SLP who was exploring her options, and she decided to invest in a program that made it easy to get up and running quickly versus struggling with trial and error or wasting time and money being stuck in analysis paralysis. Instead, Katie followed the step-by-step plan, did the work, and built a private practice that she's proud of by being part of the Start Your Private Practice program. And she's one of my top success stories. And I'm very proud of what she's done. And I know that she's proud of herself for taking that control back. If you were inspired by Katie or have questions about the program and whether it's right for you, whether or not you work with adults or not, please reach out to Katie via Instagram direct message. You can find her at NeuroSpeech Solutions. She loves talking to prospective students. So for real, reach out to her, tell her that you heard this interview, ask her your questions and share your biggest takeaway. I'll be back next week with more private practice success stories. Till then. Have been toying with the idea of starting a private practice for some time now. So even being a full-time working mom, it was really nice to have a system that was all set up for me. I didn't have to reinvent the wheel or start from scratch. And I was able to land a client within about the first week and a half of me going public with my private practice. So now I have 12 clients. It is such an invigorating and amazing experience. If you want help to start your speech therapy private practice, then head on over to startyourprivatepractice.com backslash waitlist so that you will be notified as soon as we reopen the doors to the Start Your Private Practice system. Again, that's startyourprivatepractice.com backslash waitlist. I cannot wait to help you start your private practice. Well, this episode might be over, but we don't have to say goodbye. Head on over to independentclinician.com for resources that will help you at each stage of your private practice journey. If you're on Instagram, let's connect. Follow me and send me a DM. I'm at independent clinician. And if you're on Facebook, make sure that you join the SLP and OT Private Practice Beginners Facebook group. All right, off to help more regular SLPs and OTs become successful private practitioners. Let me know if I can help you too.